Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at July horoscopes. We are going to be focusing specifically on Venus's upcoming retrograde in the sign of Leo, and considering the squares to Uranus and Jupiter that we spent some time talking about earlier this week, we're going to look at it for all 12 rising signs, which will be uh, working with the whole sign house configurations of your birth chart, and uh, taking a look at what topics are likely to be activated, both by virtue of the placement of Venus in your chart, but also by virtue of the placement of uh, Jupiter and Uranus in the sign of Taurus. So uh, should be an uh, interesting way of taking a look at some of the major energy of uh, July. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. If you are new to the channel, especially, it really helps us uh, build and grow this community. You can find transcripts of any of my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com. Also, don't forget to share your comments in the comments section. All of that really uh, is super appreciated. You go over to my website, nightlightastrology.com. Be sure to check out my readings and courses. If you have any questions about any of them, email info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, so I am just back from a family vacation. We went, we took a trip to the Redwoods, which was super cool. We went to, um, we stayed in Trinidad, California, uh, which was absolutely beautiful. Like just super uh, stunning, actually. We stayed in an Airbnb and then we did some camping uh, in the actual Redwoods in the, in like the state park or whatever. Uh, it was really beautiful. But one of the things that it did was, it was really hard to record there because of the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi was really spotty in the Airbnb. So I got a few videos done while I was there. And then the rest I'm having to cram in as I'm getting back um, in time for my, my um, production team to uh, take care of it for posting. So uh, this is not my usual approach. Usually I have more time and preparation that has gone into it. Everything was just a little crazy this week. So my apologies, uh, but hopefully you will enjoy this look at your horoscope for July, considering not only Venus's retrograde in Leo and where that lands in your chart, according to whole sign horoscopes here uh, by rising sign, which is what I recommend, but also um, in terms of the squares that Venus is making and will make throughout the retrograde to both Uranus and Jupiter and Taurus. So that is, uh, that's where we're going to head. I'm going to put the chart up on the screen and we are going to start with Aries and work our way through and try to give you a sense of what kind of, what are the themes and topics most likely to be active through the combination of uh, Venus and Leo and the squares to Uranus and Jupiter that will be active throughout uh, August and September. So it's a long Venus retrograde. It lasts from late July here through early September, but then through the direct motion, it comes back through the squares to Jupiter and Uranus that it will hit through retrograde. And so that takes us through late September by the time all of that is done. So you could really think about this as a forecast extending much longer than just the month of July and really into late September when you take into consideration all of the back and forth that Venus will be doing with Jupiter and Uranus. Okay, well, anyway, all of that being said, let's take a look at Aries for starters. Now, if you are an Aries, we're looking at Venus turning retrograde in your fifth house. Now, that house has a lot to do with the feeling that we get in life of creative fulfillment, satisfaction, joy, happiness, and pleasure, most of which should come from whether or not you feel like you're being yourself or you're in your own element in some way. So this can be a kind of happiness that's really subjective that can, you know, 
overlap with different areas of our life from romantic pleasure to personal inner satisfaction to professional satisfaction to you know feeling happy and harmonious with our families it's broadly speaking a house that was associated with pleasure and so this venus retrograde has is giving aries folks a long period of time within which to refine or reflect upon the nature of happiness and what makes you happy what brings you a sense of creative fulfillment or joy now, this house is always associated with pregnancy and children as well though that those topics are there as an extension of the topic of joy and creative fulfillment children are a part of how we feel joy and, and creative fulfillment in life for, for some of us <laughs> so uh now venus is also working through squares to uranus and jupiter around the house of money and resources and so there's a conversation that's happening around pleasure joy creative fulfillment and money or business and that is where you are going to see and feel the Venus retrograde experience from late July all the way through late September. So you think about those areas being active and that's what to watch for, um, especially again with an eye for refining your experience of pleasure and creative fulfillment. Now for Tauruses. So for Taurus, the connection is between, this is your ascendant ruler too. Venus is retrograding around the house of home, family, property, uh, parental or ancestral karma. And Venus's retrograde here is coinciding with squares to Jupiter and Uranus in your first house, which is a place of identity, body, health. And so breakthroughs around health, body, physical appearance uh, could be possible. Uh, changes to your living environment, the topics of love and personal identity, the topics of love, family, uh, and family patterns, the exploration of marriage and family uh, patterns around marriage and relationships, the topics of sexuality and the body could come up, as well as identity and sexuality, relationships, or home and family, all kind of combining. There's an opportunity here to revise, to reflect upon, and to make meaningful changes around both who you are and how it relates to where you're living, where you come from, the uh, sort of ancestral, parental, familial karma that is in the backdrop or background of your life, or it's, it's your history. So uh, a really kind of a, a powerful blend of personal and family archetypes, but also, as Venus goes, centered around love and relationships at the same time. All right, for Gemini, Gemini, we see the placement of Venus in your third house connecting through the repeated squares between late July and late September to Uranus and Jupiter in the 12th house. So to me, this has a lot to do for Gemini's. When I, when I look at this combination, one of the things that comes to my mind is um, like, how aware are you of the shadows or the unconscious patterns that are at work in your relationships, in the way that you think and perceive, in the way that you communicate, uh, and es especially those things that, you know, you get hung up on that are like unconscious, vulnerable, or sticking points for you in your relationships. When Venus retrogrades in the third house, the patterns in our relationships that come from how we see, think, cognize, process, information are um, at play. And then the squares to Uranus and Jupiter in the 12th house can create opportunities for uh, transformation. I'm changing the way I think and hence I'm changing my relationships. I'm changing the way I communicate. And so I'm changing my relationships. If there has been 
um, an unconscious resistance to commitment, for example. You could be looking at that. You could be looking at anything that serves as unconscious mental and emotional uh, territory, uh, especially, again, in friendships, in love, and sexuality. Venus's retrograde in the third house could also touch on the topic of siblings or uh, things happening in your neighborhood or, impo or important uh, short journeys or little travel escapades. And again, whenever you're connecting to something in the 12th house, the idea of what is unconscious or what lies in the shadows is there. But with Jupiter and Uranus, the idea is that Venus connecting with those planets can bring things out of the shadows and into conscious awareness, which could serve to improve your relationships. So I think the big one overall for Geminis is the improvement of relationships by the discovery or the releasing of pent up unconscious material. <clears throat> All right, let's move along. We're going to go to Cancer next. Next in zodiacal order. So Venus is retrograding in the second, hitting squares to Uranus and Jupiter in the 11th house between late July and late September. You got two months of this dynamic. Now, the Venus retrograde in the second house can cause you to, if you have a company, you could be rebranding yourself or you could be, you know, redoing the photography of your website. So anything that's aesthetic and related to your business or anything that would constitute both an aesthetic, uh, an aesthetic set of revisions as well as a, a set of lifestyle revisions, um, anything that has to do with a change in status financially or a change in status around how you manage or handle money. This could be about changing relationships with groups or colleagues or allies and the impact it has on money and business. This could be about finding new people to partner with professionally or creatively, because we're also seeing not just Venus retrograding in the house of money and finances, but squaring Uranus and Jupiter in the house of allies, friends, and groups. And so I wonder about both professional and personal relationships and um, group dynamics as well, and, there, and the, the intersection between those topics and business or money. This could be a time where you're looking at a new approach to doing business or uh, starting a new business. Uh, there could be also something here about um, purchases, things you're spending or revising, how you handle time, energy, money in general, because the second house is not just about money. It's also about all of our assets and how we manage them. And some of our assets are time and energy, a little bit more intangible, but like money is just one form of, of an asset that we have. So how are you managing what you have? How are your values shifting around what you want or desire and what you're in possession of and how you use it? And then how does that change your relationships with other people or groups of people? Those are the kinds of things that I would be looking at if I were a cancer rising. And it could also be about the, the right or wrong paths to pursue when it comes to um, you know, the, the right or wrong people to partner with it when it comes to like business or creative projects and, and changes in how you're perceiving those relationships as well. All right. Uh, we go to Leo next and, um, so Leo is going to be in the first house for Leo risings, of course, and then Jupiter and Uranus will be in your 10th house. So angular and very powerful for the fixed signs. Venus retrograde in your first house is really about a transformation of self and identity. It's about getting to know your likes and dislikes at a deeper level. 
It's about choosing more carefully and selectively who and what you want to love, how you give and receive love. It's about aesthetic and personal presentation, whether that's your wardrobe or sometimes people get tattoos or have cosmetic surgeries when Venus is retrograde in the first house. I would be careful because Venus retrograde in the first house while it's a time to make like amendments or revisions to say your personal style or taste, um, sometimes people end up regretting if they make super drastic changes during a Venus retrograde in the first house. So be a little bit careful, but otherwise it's a time of reconfiguring the way you look, your health, your body, your identity, and so forth. Now that's happening at the same time that Venus retrograde is hitting squares to Uranus and Jupiter in the 10th house of career. And so this identity makeover uh, the sense of personal, psychological, or physical transformation is happening at the same time that there are opportunities presenting themselves around your career or professional development and opportunities in, in that area of life shown by the 10th house. So personal, professional are the big areas. Or how are you changing as a person and how is that changing who and or what you want to pursue when it comes to life direction uh, in a broad sense? All right, let's move on to... Uh, Virgo rising. With Virgo rising, Venus's retrograde is in the 12th house while Jupiter and Uranus are in the 9th. I find this very interesting because one of the things that will often come up here is the intersection between religion and beliefs and uh, sexuality and love or relationships. So the unconscious material of the 12th house, so the Venus retrograde there, the unconscious material is often surrounding, you know, um, what we believe, how, or excuse me, um, the unconscious material is often coming up around uh, relationships, love, sexuality, friendships, what we should or shouldn't be giving of ourselves to other people, the boundaries we have in relationships, uh, what we should be getting from other people, and whether we're getting that or not. It's about looking at shadows around love, friendship, beauty, art, sexuality, and, and really looking at what is working there and what isn't working, what we need and what's being given and what we are lacking and what's being withheld. Super important themes for Venus retrograde in the 12th. At the same time, Venus's retrograde is running through squares to Uranus and Jupiter in the ninth, which means that there's an overlap between the exploration of unconscious matters, unconscious Venusian matters, and religion, spirituality, higher education, beliefs, morality, philosophy, um, and, and so forth. Now, sometimes you'll also see some themes related to long journeys or foreign countries or something like that. So maybe there's some interesting twist with the unconscious material that Venus is looking, that we're looking at um, with Venus in the 12th and something about foreign countries or long journeys or something like that. Like this would be an, you could imagine a story where someone is like, you know, discovering elements of their uh, sexual, you know, sexually repressed uh, the, the, the elements of their psyche that are like sexually troubled or repressed or something like that uh, while on some kind of interesting uh, travel abroad trip, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you could see some combination of like traveling abroad and Venus in the 12th house material. But I think a lot of this will probably come through, you know, more it, it, with, with more of an emphasis on religion, spirituality, and philosophy and its relation to love, sex, marriage, relationships, et cetera. So let's move along to Libra. So for Libra, we're looking at Venus's retrograde in the 11th house with squares to Jupiter and Uranus in the 8th house. 
And you think here about the transformation of friendships, allies, benefactors, the people that we rely on, the people that we consider to be not just uh, friends and colleagues, but, but powerful allies. Who are they and how are they changing? Venus's retrograde in the 11th will change or transform our relationship with friends, colleagues, groups of people, and allies. But then we're also looking very carefully with the squares to Jupiter and Uranus in the 8th house at what people provide us, what people provide us with, the 8th house being the assets or resources of other people, and whether the, those assets are helping us to achieve what we want, give, granting us greater freedom, and um, giving us resources that we otherwise couldn't get. And so a transformation around uh, the people, groups, communities, allies, friends, colleagues that we have and the kind of resources that we need or are looking for. Those are the themes that I look at with Libras. Um, there are careful choices and a balancing of different factors of what people give us and what people expect from us based on what they give. It's like there's always a give and take. So Libras are balancing this month around, you know, trying to balance the... Uh, like balancing the checkbook with what can be given and what can be what is being taken, um, who you can rely on and trust, who provides you with benefits and gains that you otherwise couldn't get, uh, and where are there compromises that you're just not willing to make, no matter how cool the benefits might be. These are the kinds of things that Libras are weighing right now. And that'll be the subject of the Venus retrograde for a couple of months. And it's your ruling planet as well as uh, Libra rising. So <clears throat> <clears throat> it's almost like it's, it's kind of existential what you're going through right now around where you belong and who you ought to give your loyalty to or uh, what you're hoping to get in return from people and things like that. All right. Well, Scorpio, we get angular again, and we have Venus retrograding in the career house while hitting squares to Uranus and Jupiter in the house of love and relationships. Venus naturally being the goddess of love, we could say that right now, your life path is being reconsidered at a very deep level. Life path being a 10th house thing. What am I doing with my life? What's the direction of my life? How am I here to contribute something or do something or accomplish something uh, or profess something as a, as a career? Um, and then the simultaneous consideration around love, around relationships, around uh, people that provide you with new or different ways of looking at life. Uh, because you're sharing in a deep, intimate space with them. This is about changing life directions by getting out of relationships that somehow can't honor or acknowledge who you are and what you feel like you need to be doing with your life. This is also about <clears throat> revisiting old patterns from the past and getting tested. Can I overcome some of the old traps around love relationships or around work and relationships and the balance between those two areas of my life? So uh, a, lot of, a lot of balancing of that personal, relational, and professional uh, dimensions of life for Scorpios. All right, let's go to Sagittarius. So for Sagges, the square from Venus retrograde in the ninth is hitting Uranus and Jupiter in the sixth. For Sagges, it strikes me as a time of reconsidering, revising, reworking beliefs and the narratives that we have in our head about why we're here, what our purpose is, what the, why anyone or anything is here. The big questions about life and meaning, uh, about morality and about spirituality. Uh, Venus in this house is deeply considering uh, other people and relationships 
and love and friendships and those things that we feel are um, beautiful and true. And we're looking at our lives in our belief systems in terms of the, the, the people that, that bring color to our lives. Um, if you're a Sag rising, it's sort of like saying, you know, how is the social reality of my life, whether that's marriage or friendship or community aligned or not aligned with the things that I believe in the way that I see the world? And so there's this deep conversation happening for Sages around your, your belief system um, and your, your, like your moral or philosophical outlook and the people in your life and how and who you care about and how they're asking you to change or grow your beliefs or how you're having to double down and not compromise just because um, you know, you're with someone who may not uh, value or understand your point of view. There's also with the squares to Jupiter and Uranus, there's questions about um, mental, psychological, or philosophical breakthroughs in love and relationships. I mean, people that help you to see the world in a new way or that you help to see the world in a new way. Spiritual and philosophical or religious community spaces, projects, missions, things you're working or serving or sacrificing on behalf of, both relationally and philosophically. These are the kinds of things that look important for Sages in the next couple of months here. <clears throat> Let's go to Capricorn. So with Capricorn, we have Venus in Leo in the eighth house retrograding, going through squares to Uranus and Jupiter and Taurus between late July and late September. So the eighth house Venus retrograde is interesting because it's a way of revising, uh, doubling down on, or getting out of various soul contracts that you have with other people. Those soul contracts may be rooted in a sense of, you know, uh, how are you gratifying me and how am I gratifying you? Like the, the you know, the, uh, the worst version of this would be like a, like a, like a fuck buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse my language, but Venus retrograde in the eighth house might be a time in life, for example, where you say, hmm, it's safe. It, I understand what I'm getting out of this and what the other person is getting out of this. And there's like a, a sense of, um, there's a, there's a reciprocal, there's an under, there's an understanding that we have. But at the same time, if I want to move towards something more substantial, I may have to let go of that kind of those kinds of relationships being in my life. Like there's a point in time where people say, you know, I've dated, I date around, but it's nothing serious. Well, there may come a time where you say, well, I'm no longer going to just do dating around with nothing serious because something about it doesn't leave me emotionally. It doesn't let me be, it doesn't allow for emotional availability should something more serious come along. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Now I'm making things up. You may think that that's crazy that I'm saying something like that. You can, you can date around and be emotionally available at the same time. I don't know. But the point would be that what you're giving and what you're receiving in your relationships and the nature of what's being given and received is going to be looked at more closely, especially in terms of whether or not what's being given, shared, received, taken is mutually beneficial and mutually satisfactory. It's like, am I really liking this? Am I getting something really fulfilling out of this? Because the squares to Jupiter and Uranus in the house of pleasure and creative fulfillment are really, you know, pushing this question. Do I need to change the nature of who I'm with, what I'm getting and receiving from them, what they're providing or what they're not capable of providing so that I feel happier and more fulfilled? Capricorns are weighing those things very carefully right now and for the next couple of months. 
All right, Aquarius. So with Aquarius, we have angularity again, which means Venus retrograde in the house of love and relationships, but as quintessential as it gets for the reworking, revising, recreating the death and rebirth of core relationships in your life. This could mean meeting someone. It could mean breaking up. It could mean major, major changes in the life of a spouse or partner, a revolution or awakening period for a relationship, a, a period of healing and growth for a relationship. But, you know, any kind of Venus, Venus retrograde in the seventh house, regardless of what sign it's in, will tend to bring up like some of the most important periods of change, transformation, learning and growth around intimate one-on-one -on -one relationships. Now that could be also extended into other kinds of interpersonal relationships, business partnerships, really tight bonds that you have with someone else. But usually the seventh house Venus retrograde is going to be reserved for sex, love, marriage, you know, that kind of thing. Sexual identity and changes in who or how you relate to other people in a broad sense, like you're changing how you date or you're changing who you date or something like that could also apply. And then again, major changes in the life of a partner or spouse. And what's interesting is that those changes are also dovetailing with the squares to Uranus and Jupiter in the house of home, family, and living environment. This is classic. I'm in a relationship. My partner's getting a new job and we're moving. Or this is the classic, we really love each other and we're going to try moving in together. Or uh, I'm getting back together. Uh, you know, maybe I'm getting back together with someone from my past, very Venus retrograde in the seventh house, um, and I'm going to move to be with them again. But changes around home, living environment, or explorations of family karma in relationship to a deeper, um, a, a deeper period of healing and growth in love relationships. That's what we're looking at here. So, you know, however you can combine, uh, if you're an Aquarius, it's like, you know, the, the combination is going to have something to do with changes around your relationships that force you to also look at changes in your ancestral or family karma history. Uh, so uh, that's what I would recommend looking at as you prepare for the retrograde coming up later this month. Um, <clears throat> changes also around like uh, anything to do with property or home or living environment. Uh, like, for example, you and your spouse are redesigning um, your house or something, or you're, you're building an addition. So anything that's like cooperative and creative that also, you know, it features relationship, but it also features, you know, your home or living environment could come up in a more mundane way as well. All right, well, last but not least, as always, is Pisces. So we have the third house, sixth house dynamic. Venus retrograde in the sixth house is fascinating because when I think of Venus retrograde in the sixth house, I think of uh, like a question that comes to my mind. What am I willing to bleed for that I love? What am I willing to sacrifice for or who am I willing to sacrifice for that I love, that I adore? The reason for this is that the sixth house is a place of adversity, suffering, sacrifice, and service and hard work and labor. But when it's Venus retrograding in that house, it's like you're considering all of those things in relation to who and what you love and what you're attracted to, who and what you are close to and intimate with. Um, and so the work of love, the sacrifice of love, the hardship and labor of love, the healing work of love, those are the things that come to my mind for Pisceans. And this is a, a also a process of the heart. You know it's real if it requires work and sacrifice from time to time. And if you have to bleed a little bit for it, a, 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 like, a, you know, a bloody beating heart is not a bad thing. And we should, we should feel, 
like there's a like a burning and a passion. You know, passion uh, it, that that word has a a little tiny dose of suffering in it. What are we passionate about? This is really important for Pisceans right now. What you're passionate for, because Venus retrograde is hitting squares to Jupiter and Uranus in the third house, can also liberate the way that you're thinking about things. If you take seriously what you love and what you're willing to sacrifice and work hard for on behalf of, you may find that suddenly you have more space, more freedom. It's sort of like when you just say, this is what I love and I don't care what anyone thinks and I'm going to suffer and sacrifice and give it all on behalf of something I love. There's something very liberating about that. And ironically, it can free up space and energy so you can be more effective and suffer less. But the starting point has to be this kind of surrender or abandon or uh, sacrificial attitude that creates space and liberation. Uh, so that's those are some of the themes that I am seeing. On the other hand, you could be asking the question, what am I no longer capable of suffering on behalf of? Like someone that requires so much work that it's just, it's not worth it to be in relationship with them because it's just too much work. And we say, I got to be free. I can't keep suffering on behalf of something that's not feeding me in return. That could be something Pisces are looking at right now as well. Okay, well, we're turning into about half an hour right now, which is perfect. I wanted to take a little bit of time to hit on the combinations of um, Leo and Taurus. We did that a little bit last month uh, for June because we had some big transits in those areas in June too, but they're back in July, uh, in August, and through September. So we're going to keep looking at them. I would love to hear your stories. If you have a story to share, uh, don't forget to use the hashtag grabbed or email us your story, grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. We'd be really happy to uh, see the stories that you guys have been living out there with these transits, especially the Venus retrograde. That is it for now. I hope you guys are having a great one. And uh, again, I apologize that my recording, some of my recordings this week were just sort of haphazard. They were just like, it was a, it was a very bizarre week because of Wi-Fi and traveling and stuff like that. So anyway, I was uh, glad to uh, get them all done though. So that, that's, that's a positive. Anyway, you guys have a great uh, weekend and we'll see you again soon. Bye.